and welcome back, everybody, to the Between Two Wheels podcast, stage 13, explosion in the Tour de France today. We're going to get some reactions and some results from that. Bora, they decided to employ team tactics the correct way today. EF Education first, they said we'll counter that and do our own thing. And the GC battle hots up, surprising nobody really. Um, well, maybe a few surprises. The French, they're exiting the Tour de France in quite thick fashion. Some things to make you go, hmm, some ride of the week. And uh, what are all those yellow jerseys about? We'll talk about that today, Friday, September 11, 2020. This is the Between Two Wheels podcast. And joining me on today's show, the one and only Chris Flower. Chris, how's the, how's the tour been treating you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, not catching as much of it as I would like. Um, with the whole work from home situation, uh, I found my schedule has kind of shifted forward a little bit and I'm waking up when the race is usually in like the last 40 to 50 K and those, some of those kilometers are, are kind of a little dreary in, in terms of being able to pay attention, but uh, it's been interesting. Otherwise the tour, and yeah, the, I was just going to comment on what you said that the tour is so interesting where you get these uh, boring days and people will talk about the boring stages like we had the other day. And then, you know, the last three K is just crazy with Sagan and, and, uh, uh a wout and all that stuff. So, yeah. you, but you need, and, and there's the importance, I think, of wearing everybody down and needing all those kind of long, boring things to kind of have, um, you know, I'll re- I, for me, yeah, I've been, I've been being, I get a little earlier, I guess, than you. And then I'm being older. That's just what happens when you're older. And uh, I've been enjoying it. Um, any surprises for you up until before stage 13 that you uh, would like to comment? Or you haven't, you haven't joined us in for a while for talking about the tour. So, What's been your reactions yeah. and some of your comments so far? I mean, you and I have been texting back and forth as we're doing this, so I relay some of your info on the podcast itself. But I mean, just as, as a tour overall, no real huge surprises. Um, I, I think the one that I was most shocked by was Dumoulin sacrificing himself a few stages ago. Yeah. Um, didn't really seem like there was a huge benefit for that sacrifice, and now they, well, as you saw today, I mean, it, it wasn't a killer, but um, outside of that, um, it's good to see Wout continue to just be dominant. Uh, he's got what two sprint stages, yeah, is so far this tour on top of uh, a monument, on top of a sort of monument in Strada Bianchi. Um, so, I mean, the guy's just having a hell of a year. So, uh, that, I think he, I expected him to not participate in the sprints at all and just basically conserve himself to support the the team effort. But it, it, he's been given a couple of opportunities and he's really done a lot with it. He has, and, and he almost took another one. I mean, you know, shot out. I think it was an early. What would you think of the Sagan controversy? Um, I know you're a big fan of Sagan, so it might not come to anybody's surprise that you're going to support him no matter what he does. Of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he can do no wrong. I, I think Wow totally drifted into his lane and tried to shove him into the barriers. No, it was just, it seemed like it was typical Sagan fair where, you know, he's been able to get away with just argy-barging his way through any gap he wants and it is what it is and he leaves everybody in his wake um obviously Wout's a strong rider um even though he didn't win the sprint he opened up at 300 meters to go into a headwind and lost by half a wheel while getting shoved around so I mean one could say he would have been more um able to contend that sprint if he hadn't been bumped but is what it is um I think it was probably a, a desperate move by Sagan to try and get a result and uh, you know ended up being what it was uh, yeah there's there's the picture there I don't think the 
the camera came into it at all. I don't think I've heard Sagan reference the camera at all. I, I know there's a lot of folks out there that say, oh, he was ducking under that. Well, if that was the case, he probably would have said so, but he hasn't. The, the barricades are a different thing altogether because those are just ridiculous. They are. But, and, yeah. and, and I would, my, my first thought is like, oh, you got to get the selfie. And then I'm like, um, so you hit a person holding the camera. It's not going it, to, uh, the worst action there is going to be to the camera, not to you. And right. you're just going to blow that thing apart. Uh, I think maybe the barrier got him, but then you, and I, I wish I had it with me, but then you, you or Kurt sent the tweet of him a few days earlier in the green Jersey in his attempt to almost like knock Wout off the road in the middle of a stage. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, I thought it was the day before and it looked like Sagan well, he was, was in the green Jersey when he did it. So maybe it was the day before. Yeah, well, uh, it could have been, well, whenever it was. Yeah, he just kind of threw a, a huge shoulder check. Um, it looked like he was trying to shoulder check Van yes. Aert, but he just totally whiffed. In the middle and of the stage. A, in the middle of the stage, in the middle of the pack. It was just kind of a, a pointless move, but eh, he did maybe whiff. he's got a little bit of angst toward the uh, toward the new kid on the block or something. Right. It was interesting because he totally whiffed doing that. Right. He almost like threw himself off the bike, but he has amazing skills, so he can, he can do that. Uh, yeah, so uh, look. That, that was an interesting point. Uh, Wout, by the way, just to kind of recap all that, Wout probably is the wrong guy to do this with. And I say that because he has the straightest, most upright sprint you have. And you're watching that. There's no deviation from him. So it's not like, oh, but Wout kind of pinched him in the... No, Wout was just going as straight as you can be. So uh, it made him look worse. What do you think, though, about um, the judges making a ruling uh, based on outcome? So maybe a different rider goes, you know, he's in a full sprint out of the saddle. Wow. That is uh, maybe another rider goes down. You saw the, the reaction from Poland, uh, the tour of Poland where the, you know, the crash was just horrific and it's more along the lines of what the, the rules and people, you know, you're going to relegate Gronewagen and they're going to kick him out. You know, CUCI is going to sanction him for months or something like that. But it's really right. because the, the, the crash itself looked horrific. You know, if the crash hadn't right. happened, it, maybe it's not as bad. And this, they didn't go down. So, you know, Sagan stays in the race. That's an example. Well, I think the only reason they did the, the relegation was because there was contact. Because if you look at some of the earlier sprint stages um, just in this tour, uh, the, the big win by Ewan where he kind of bounced all around the field to find a gap. It's like right. there was no staying in the lane there. Um, and any kind of lead into the sprint, yeah, we saw it at 200 meters or 150 meters, but there's so much contact prior to that point in, in that stage even. So I think just because it was, yeah, it was reactionary to the Akibson incident uh, because it was so visible, but uh, it, it's it's something that I think is going to happen. And it it also is difficult because they, they really narrow the shoots on the, on the sprint finishes as well. It's like, at 300 meters to go, they decide to go from like 40 feet wide to 20 feet wide. And, right. you know, you, you narrow that chute, there's going to be a lot more contact because there's only so much space for bikes. So I don't know if that's what, what the driver is behind narrowing the, the final end there, but it, it seems like that's a, a big factor as well. Um, and, and if Sagan was looking for a hole, uh, you could make it 100 feet wide and he might still make the contact. But it seems like you're you're forcing the riders into a position where they're going to be making more contact with the barricades narrowing and with the little, I guess you couldn't call them feet, but whatever it is, those little extra bollards that stick out of the barricades yeah. seem unnecessary. You know, they used to have the policeman standing there and uh, you have a 
policeman now who's been replaced by the, the bollard and the stand and the selfie stick has been re- well the, the policeman there was the one in 93 or so the policeman's taking a picture as he's standing there. <laughs> right, right okay so yeah. he, he he's been replaced by the selfie and this so um you know they had it everything well, it seems going. like if you had a policeman there he might be willing to remove the selfie stick from the from the writer's field of view but so maybe you need to get those guys back or something. Take the picture himself. I don't know. Um, so let's talk about stage 13. Yeah, here's just, uh, so you can see the route starting and they're, yeah. they're, they're heading south. And it's just, it's just the terrain map here is it's up and down all day. They're just, they're, they're making sure they're not going anywhere, but up and down. And here's the climb, what, seven categories climb, a one, three, a two, a sprint in the middle. I don't know who, and then a three, three, two connected to a one with the bonus. And the bonus time didn't really come into it at all. What was your, um, what was your expectations coming into today? And did you have a, a, a pick of who you thought would be doing well um, for the day? Yeah, I um, I didn't think a break was going to stick it to the end. Um, that was a little bit unexpected. And I also right. expected a lot more from Bernal. I, I think I sent you and Kurt a text yesterday saying, I think the jersey's going to change hands today. It and did. I think Bernal is going to take it on that final steep ramp. Um, the white jersey. I, I didn't think Pojakar was going to do that well. Not Pojakar, sorry. Roglic was going to do that well on the on the steep climb, but he did great. Um, so I, for me, the biggest surprise was Bernal just totally getting floored and losing what forty seconds in the last 500, 600 meters. Well, now you're spoiling the stage already. We'll set that up. But but um, I, uh, maybe it's maybe it's my um, my thought process is different. I I see um, Roglic doing better in the shorter like steeper climbs. And Bernal being that long gradual, which we're going to see coming up, um, you know, Sunday's a little bit more than that. Uh, and then you got the run, rest day on Monday, but Tuesday and Wednesday. So I think Wednesday is just two climbs and they're both HC climbs. So they're like, you know, 20 Wednesday or Sunday. So Sunday's a good one, but then you have the rest day and then Tuesday and Wednesday, they're yeah. both big ones too. And we'll talk about those. And I think those are more along the, the, the Bernal, the, the grinder, the long climb. Um, anyway, so we'll set it up today. There was, uh, like we said, uh, 191 kilometers to Puy Marie, seven categorized climbs. The last two, Cat, the Cat 2 has a, a bonus, and we can look at the, uh, once again, we'll go to the, the profile here, and you can see that kick up to the two, but then it extends on up to the Cat 1, and it was uh, relentless with that today. We had a big break going early, a lot of notables in there, uh, three education first, uh, two to Quanta Quick Step, two Bora, and like you said, when I tuned in, uh, the break has nine so, so minutes. I'm like, oh, you know, they'll, they'll bring this back. But there wasn't a lot. There was so much climbing, I think, on the day that they didn't have a lot of frantic behind drilling it. Uh, it was just a GC battle and then the race playing out in front. And what you ended up seeing was our boy Nelson Palace trying to do the Mark Hershey thing of third time's a charm, getting off the front. Takes like 42K to go. He extends out, um, gets finally reeled in by Max Schockman. To local, in a sense, local boys. I mean, Roseville has its right. its uh, Nielsen Palace, and Max Schockman's hung out here. We've interviewed both of them, by the way. We'll, we'll maybe show up some pictures of that. Um, and they had a little friendly chat, it looks like, along the way. And then um, Max takes off, and then we have EF chasing down. But what do you think about, first of all, the team tactics that were played out, boy? Uh, and maybe you just want to go into what you – just talk about the break and how that ended yeah. up and the team tactics that you saw play, playing out there. And if you thought those were uh, well done by both Bora and EF. Well, I'm guessing that when Shockman caught Palace, it, it probably was something like, hey, this is just like the river ride, huh? Right. They both, uh, they both have done it. As they're climbing up a, a hill. Right. Um, 
No, it, it seemed like it was it was a good approach. I didn't catch um, the the point when Palace broke away. I hadn't tuned in yet, so I didn't see if that was just kind of a a clean attack or if he was countering off somebody. So I don't know how he got away. I don't know if education first had helped set him up by sending somebody up a little bit from chase down or, or what happened there. He rolled away on the downhill, got ahead of everybody oh, and okay. then just continued up. And then the, the cat two or the, the cat three, I think he took the KOM and uh, held off on that for a while. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it seemed like he maybe was a little too aggressive in, in his attack because as we saw in the previous two times he got into the break, he kind of rode himself out of it. And I don't know if it would have been, again, it, it, it worked out for, for team tactics for EF because um, he had a couple guys still in the, in the break group that were able to kind of contribute and put in a good effort. But it seemed like both teams played their cards right because they sent their kind of lead guys, not lead guys, but some, some rabbits up the road to, to set themselves up for a good stage finish. I thought it was great for, well, Bora was in there yesterday, and, and my thought process yesterday was, oh, you're doing this for Sagan, why do you have your climbers up front? It seems ridiculous, Shackman's up there, kind of, and, and I was actually surprised that he had what he did today, considering the effort he had put in yesterday, but maybe yesterday they were trying to do the same thing, then you get Shackman up the road, he looks really strong, mm -hmm. he gets rid of Palace, but as soon as Palace's distance, uh, Danny Martinez and Hugh Carthy, who had been in the break just sitting on, they did work. Yeah. And I'm like, right. oh, so, you know, the team's at least, oh, he's almost a minute up the road, but there was a lot of deep climbing to go. And Bora, Kamna comes out too. I mean, those are two really strong. And I had no doubts that uh, I figured Martinez would probably come good. You know, he had a record early on and he came through and went in the Dauphiné. He can definitely climb. And as it was, um, it was a good showdown. They finally caught uh, Max Schachman, what, um, inside, what, around two or so K to go, got rid of him. Right. And then it was a slog up there. And that last 500 meters was a slow motion sprint both the guys kind of attacking each other Kamna taking the last kick on 100 meters to go and uh, a slow but uh, pretty decisive <laughs> win by Martinez yeah it was it was interesting because they caught him just at the base of the ramp and there was kind of a faux attack by Kamna um, Martinez was on it immediately so they they created a, a short little gap with um, themselves and Shockman but they kind of both sat up and Shockman caught back on and almost looked like Shockman was, was recovering yeah. uh, until they got to that uh, last um, switchback where there was kind of that checker pattern and Martinez went to the front and just rode him off his wheel. It, it was, it was, it was a good finish. Uh, one of the things I, I didn't really like was that their last 500, 600 meters happened to coincide with when the, the GC group hit the base of the ramp. And it seems like in those instances, maybe go with like a split screen right. so that you could uh, have both both groups watched because it seemed like they were missing some of the, the key points of, of both finishes. So um, as those two are finishing, the, the GC battle is really, really starting to light up when they hit the bottom of that ramp. When you're watching on, uh, the, like me, I watch it on the NBC feed and you can do the, right. the either the advertising one with Phil and um, Phil Liggett and Bob Roll or the non-ad one with Anthony McCrossin and Simon Garens. And both of them will have, like the, the NBC ad one, they'll have an ad, but then they'll show in a smaller box the action so you don't miss it. And it's, you know, you're right. 180K out, you don't really give a shit. Uh, and then the yeah. uh, the other one, same thing, you know, flashback or something that they're doing an interview and they're showing the, you do that, right? Because we came back and, hey, Pogacar is like attacking, Roglic is with him right. and Bernal's yeah. getting distance. Uh, Sepp is kind of looking around like, still got an <laughs> easy day. And that guy, once let's, let's talk about that. So first of all, Martinez, I'll just, 
wrap up the breakaway, um, never looked like he was having trouble on that climb. He was no. pulling the whole way. Kamna looked good as well. But when Kamna kind of had some little moves, he easily uh, brought him right back. And he didn't quite see Kamna attack at the end. And there's a little bit of a gap. And you're wondering, but you can see the determination. You had asked me, hey, does he have a kick at all? And if you remember back in the Tour of Colombia, he did win some stages there over the finish uh, ahead of Haguita and Bernal. Uh, so he definitely has a little little Valverde kick to him. And if you're beating Haguita right. in a sprint, um, you're, you're pretty good as well. So yeah, that, that's not only a sprint stage, but I mean a finish, but uh, you needed a kick to get it. And Camden hung yeah. deep. So, anyway, so you go back to the, to the, 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 anything else on there? Well, we want to head back to the Ruglic group now. No, I think we head back to the Ruglic group. It was just a good win. Um, you know, you asked about team tactics earlier and it, it seemed like it worked well for, for EF. Uh, they were able to kind of set things up to their liking. And you can't fault Bora, I think, either. They did oh. the right thing. Shackman looked strong. Kamna hung on. He didn't take any turns when he didn't need to. He put in a dig. Right. I mean, you know, basically right on uh, Martinez's wheel. You just lose out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So back in the main field, look, I saw Ineos. They're on the front. They're, they're kind of, they had Sivakov up in the break, so it looks like they have some. But even even they're, they're riding on the front, it seems fake to me. Um, you're coming in, you got Luke Rowe, you got some of the other guys and I'm like, okay, but it, especially with a finish like this, I mean, we just saw this with Martinez and those, it doesn't matter who you really have around you, unless you have a mechanical, you got to have the legs, but they come right. in at the bo bottom of the climb, you know, 14 or so K out there on the front. Next thing you know, um, Jumbo's taking the lead. Carapaz takes a little, uh, move that looked kind of weak because Dumoulin shut it down pretty quick. And then Sep was coming around and Sep was there when he needed to be, but you're right. Then they switch yeah, back and, and what do you have? The Carapaz move was a little odd because Kwiatkowski had just pulled off after doing his usual just burying himself for the team effort. And Carapaz, it was almost like an attack. And it seems like if you kind of know your your lead guy, Bernal, is not one for the surgery type of efforts, it, it seemed like it wasn't a wise move because they attacked. That allowed um, Yoba Visma to kind of fill the gap. Dumoulin was on it right away. And then in, in that instance, Bernal went from second wheel to like eighth or tenth wheel. Um, so you, you really weren't doing your, your lead guy much of a favor there. And he never really recovered, it seemed, from that effort. Yeah, he was able to chase back on and, um, and, and stay at least until the bottom of that ramp. But it wasn't a good team tactic, per se, in, in that regard. Right. And, and I think Carapaz was, and I'll look at this going into this, but I think going into today's stage, he was maybe three minutes back. So, you know, yeah. he was somewhat of a threat, I guess you could say, at that point. But was he, was he, it was an odd thing to do when you're, you're all, you're not really in for anybody. Yes. So he was, yeah, he was 342 going back into today's stage. So I guess it's a little bit of a threat, but it reminded me of the attack that Philippe did the other day when he decided to just pull out of the GC race, you know, he's suffering. Right. So he goes to the front, he does a quick turn and then just explodes out the back. Um, it's kind of yeah. the same thing. And really all you did was like, like you said, him exploding was shrapnel on Bernal rather than getting anything on, on jumbo. Um, right. Then, so then 4k or so, uh, we finally get some video footage back to the main group and you're seeing Pogacar doing his thing like he's done. Um, and Roglic looks super easy on his wheel with a gap created to port, uh, Lopez, um, Landa was having some trouble. Bernal was having mm -hmm. trouble. Nairo was having trouble. Adam Yates had been yo-yoing off the back. But prior to that, you would also have the French guys. Guillaume Martin had been distanced on the cat too early. Uh, Roman Bardet had crashed with Baca Molima and Nairo. Baca had to abandon, and you saw them suffering as well. What did you think of, of uh, first of all, Bernal and his, his 
angst. You thought he was going to be, you know, he said jerseys were going to change. He did lose the white jersey. Right. So you, you were kind of correct on that one. Um, but what did you think of the the tactics and Pogacar and Roglic specifically? Um, I, I think it was a, a smart move by Pogacar. Um, it, it seems like he's got that short, powerful kick. So you must have expected that if you were coming into the base of that climb with him still in the mix. And, and you, he was, what, 30, 40 seconds off the lead at that point in the GC. So Roglic has to cover him. It looked like Sepp provided a little bit of cover for, for Roglic going into the attack. Um, and, and Roglic just looked solid. I, I don't think he really did anything but seated pedaling, nose breathing to follow the move. Right. Um, so it looked like he handled it with ease. And it was, it was expected from Pojakar, but it was still a, a, an incredibly strong move and makes you wonder if, he didn't have that incident a few stages ago in the crosswind day uh, where he'd be faring right now. Um, so it was, it was expected. Um, I, I thought that Bernal would have been able to hang on. It looked like there were a couple points where he was starting to claw his way back, and then it looked like um, Pojakar and, and Roglic just started kind of one-twoing each other, and that shed everybody else. You made a you made a comment as we were watching this texting back and forth about uh, Shackman. Now Shackman was kind of already losing the lead, but he lost like a minute in the last 500 meters, yeah. and you can really lose that. And you saw Bernal coming over the line. Uh, you know he only lost I think 40 some seconds or so today. Let's let's get to the actual stage. Um, Pogacar, uh, Blanda, Bernal, 6.43, and Roglic at 6.05. So, yeah, just around, you know, 40 seconds, 39, 40 seconds there. So yeah. not, not a huge loss, and he looked like he really suffered coming over the finish, and he was not, uh, which is impressive because, I mean, we would have lost minutes in that last, in the last 500 meters. I don't know about that. Oh, Nelson Powell sure did finish been, above yeah. him. Um, the other thing that's a little worrying, I think, for for Bernal, I mean, if we look ahead, you indicated that he does better on the kind of the long drag climbs. Um, he didn't have anybody really with him going into the base of the climb. And Roglic still had – Dumoulin was right there. Um, Sepp was right there. Um, Van Aert kind of had a bad day and got dropped early. But it seemed like Yumbo Visma's team was a lot stronger going into that. Um, I expect that they had hoped – more from Sivakov having sent him up into the break and hoping he'd be able to support Bernal, but that just didn't happen. And we missed some of the Carapaz video there, better. but I didn't see him help at all. I mean, we missed some video, but I, I imagine yeah. he just went straight back. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think he contributed much. He must have been just on the limit at that point. But uh, it, it was impressive to see Yoma Visma really kind of do the team tactics correctly this this stage. It was, it was good. They didn't. Uh, burn themselves up too early like they've done in a couple of the earlier climbing stages. Right. So let's look at the the results here. So Martinez gets the win. Very impressive. Good for EF education first. And I had mentioned yesterday how they were second on Team GC. It means really nothing. But I, it's more impressive for me to see. And, and they did. They took the G, Team GC lead back from Movistar. I was more disappointed Ooh. that Movistar even was close to it because they couldn't get a guy in the top <laughs> 10 except for like a long, weird break. So... Um, they were impressive today, though. Getting first, um, you had Hugh Carthy in eighth, and then um, Iran hung tough in nineteenth place, six forty-three. So he was he was right there with Egan Bernal. Uh, not so bad. We'll see. You know, this is a different kind of race than, like I said, than coming up because the pitchy stuff and a lot of climbing all day. Uh, but Camden in second, Shackman in third, uh, some of the other f breakaway guys, like I said, Hugh Carthy, Mark Soler in there. Um, let's take a look. Nilsson Powell, 17th place, 629. Pretty good. What do you think of his ride on today? 
Um, like like I said, it was it was good. I think he's just got to maybe be a little more attentive to his legs. Uh, he's had a a few efforts where he's been able to get on the front of the race and kind of burn himself up a little too early. Um, that might be his uh, his guidance from the team though. Is like get out there, get up front, and set things up for for Martinez who's feeling well. So he might be just be following orders, but it seems like he's. He's riding really well, obviously, but he might be kind of overextending himself a bit. Yeah, but good to see. Second week of the race, I mean, um, you yeah. know, some people are suffering just staying staying intact. So he's he's able to kick it up there. Yeah, some learning experience. He's like I said, he didn't he didn't close the deal like Mark Hershey, but um, you know, Mark Hershey, right. the next greatest thing to come along since uh, Sagan. Uh, here's the GC uh, picture now. So uh, Primus Roglic, uh, first place, as we said. Uh, Pogacar in second at 44. Bernal moves down to second or third in at 59 seconds. Iran, so top 10 down to Enric Mass, 254. You're starting to see it spread out a little bit. Adam Yates, um, you know, he was just coming here for stages. His brother, by the way, slayed it today in Turin or Adriatico, so we'll mm. see what he's doing. Uh, Lopez, Nairo, I didn't even see him on the stage today. He drops down to, or he stayed the same at fifth place at 112. But, um, I was really impressed with Richie Port. Richie Port, he's uh, yeah. moves up to ninth place. He's two hundred six, but you know, went again. So Chris, I don't know if I told you this. Um, Chris Horner has a video, a uh, YouTube channel called The Butterfly Effect, and he does a, um, a little breakdown every day. And I love his analysis. But I love the term butterfly effect because exactly what you're saying. What would have happened here, and the little things that happened, you know, like. Uh, Pogacar, he loses time. If he doesn't lose time, I don't know that you, Roglic lets him get so much time back on, on the one stage. So, you know, right. everything plays into it and how you're, you're working there and saving your energy. But uh, Richie Port loses a bunch of time on the stage before, but today held really tough. Yeah, he did really well. I mean, he was he was kind of bringing those two back uh, as well when, when he got distance initially. So he had a good recovery. Uh, it was good to see him there at the end. Um, impressed. And yeah, yeah I, I agree. I didn't see um, Quintana at all. I think I sent you a message saying, is he even in the race? Uh, he's just Mr. Anonymous today. Well, yeah, he, he obviously was in the race because uh, I saw him crash. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to see where he was on the finish. He was 21st. He was with Adam Yates, 645. So not so great. Nielsen Palace beat him. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you about that. I have to look at that. Um, anything else from the stage today that took your caught your eye or that you wanted to make comments on? Was there sprint points early on? If so, who took those? Was it the break? There were sprint points early on, and I think the break took those. Um, it's Pro Cycling Stats has a great website for all of this, but it does take a little bit to uh, to comb through. Um, Sam Bennett you still, do, but it's just by GC. Well, there's there's the a day. there's a if you go over <laughs> to the the actual race itself, they do a great like um, as you're as you're watching it feed update. Yeah. So I think it's under their daily stats under uh, race. And they'll give a breakdown of the stats of the day and kind of who was in what. Cool. Um, but, yeah, if, as the stage is going on, they have a lot of uh, – and I don't think uh, Sam Bennett took it because it was a bunch of climbs prior to that. But he's still – still. Yeah. I know that's an important um, category for you. Uh, the, the, yeah. And then No, the, I, I, it's funny. Speaking of the green jersey or, or Bennett, um, Jason Smith sent me a message yesterday uh, asking, hey, if, uh, if Bora go to the front and just drill it, do you think they can ride Bennett out of the time limit? My, my initial response was absolutely not or, or not a chance. And I, after the way Bennett finished today, I, I might have to recant that because he's, he, he looked half dead coming over the finish line. Uh, so tomorrow uh, opening up with a, with a class two climb early, it, it might be a good opportunity for Bora to just lay the hammer down and, 
leave him for dead and have him miss the time cut to set Sagan up for a green jersey. That's a that's a good point. Is this the stage that starts with just right off the bat a huge uh, huge climb? Let's, let's see if I could pull up the profile with that. Um, Cat two. No, there's a different one later on in the, in the, in the race. But yeah, that's a, a. You might have a point. I mean, there's a sprint point early. He'll get that. But you're looking at the time cut. This tomorrow's stage, I don't think, is one for that. Um, maybe some of these later on, though. You could be right. Maybe yeah. uh, what's about Leon to, up at the Grand Galibier? Ooh. Yeah, uh, there's, there's probably not enough time there uh, for that. No. So, yeah, the good good question. Um, or you know, Bora just drills themselves out like that, and, and next thing you know, they they the whole team is off the time cut as well. I heard David Miller. Right. He's on a ITV podcast, and he was talking about a time when they were in Garmin. They, he said they Garmin themselves. What they did is the whole team attacked <laughs> like early on, and just shredded the field. He said, and then um, it was so bad they all decimated and, and like withdrew. He said uh, Dave Zabriskie actually pulled off the, when the group was going to catch him. He pulled off into a driveway, let the group pass, and then jumped in the back just so that he wouldn't be so embarrassed by getting passed over by everybody. <laughs> smart move. Right, right. He did a few smart things. Like, okay, um, so the yeah. French today, we, we went, saw Guillaume Martin. He had been looking great. Raymond Bardet went down. Uh, Baca Molomer, he's out of the race as well. He went down. It didn't help their team GC as far as track goes. Uh, so the French are kind of out of the top here. So it looks like you're getting a Colombian-Slovenian onslaught with a with a Australian kicker in the middle. Right. Um, what did you think of the the French hopes going down the drain? I mean, they'd had Pino first, and then um, Alaphilippe. Alaphilippe, you know, he was in that break yesterday. Did you see him like ramming on his bike and and freaking out? He was. He said uh, there was a report about. It. He said uh, I thought it was my bike, but it ended up being my legs. I'm like, okay. Oh. Yeah, he just. Yeah. Looked like a good way to sell it, though. Like, oh, I'm not really fading. It's the bike. Right, right. Uh, but no, the, the French, uh, it was good to see Pino still get a lot of camera time today when he was off the back. Um, the I think it was Garans was, was wondering if, if he's going to recover in time to even be able to target a stage. But the other two, um, I, I didn't expect Guillaume to, to fall off as much as he did. No. He looked so strong um, through most of the stages. But Where's he at now in the GC? He's, he dropped down to, to 12th. So he dropped nine spots. That, that's a big drop. He's now three minutes back. Bardet, big drop as well. He's three minutes back. So, I mean, you're, you're not going to make that up with, with everybody that's ahead of you. You might be able to come in for, for like a top 10 um, in the event Yates and a couple others flounder. But uh, it, it seemed like a really good tour for them to for target to target a, a French win. But it's just. Like I said, not happening. The Slovenians and, and Colombians got that top six all locked up. They, they do. And did you hear my uh, reporting the other day that uh, Lopez, who Lopez seems like a problem. He's a problem problem starter. <clears throat> but he, that he was saying and trying to get uh, collaboration between all the Colombians to take on the Slovenians. And oh, I, really? Yeah. And, I don't, <laughs> and um, I don't think that the Slovenians are working together. They just happen to be two of the strongest out there because uh, I haven't really seen them like do anything that's any other than just you know riding. Uh, where and, and I don't know the collaboration is is actually legal. I mean, if you're outright saying it, it's not the best. And then it was interesting because Bernal said he goes, <clears throat> "It's funny that Nairo would <clears throat> excuse me because Nairo was making comments about it too." And he's like, "It's funny that he would say that." He goes, "We've been in, in breaks together, and I've always asked him to work, and he won't work. <laughs> why would I, why would I do this now?" Right? Yeah. How many Slovenians are in this race? Two, three. Jan Polak is three? And for UAE is also a teammate there. Okay. Um, but yeah. Just it doesn't seem like they're going to have a ton of collaboration. <clears throat> it seems like the collaboration so far has been Pojakar attacks and Roglic follows. So 
right. It seems like the Colombians can can jump on that ship too. Um, right. Mm-hmm. So what's also interesting is, uh, are you going to really see, and I think Lopez is doing this because he wants other people to do something to benefit him. Is he really going to sacrifice yeah. his race to help Bernal or to help Nairo or Iran? No. I don't, I don't see that. So I don't think, um, Uzi with Astana, I don't think they'd be super excited about that. Right. Right. Um, so, so, so just one other item I was, I was brought up here. There's been a lot of talk about the yellow jerseys and, and the fact that there's multiple yellow jerseys in this stage. Uh, Velo News has a, an interesting little article about it because um, I mean, you've got Roglic in his national jersey. Now he's got he swapped it for the Tour de France yellow. Haguita, his Colombian jersey looks yellow. The whole Jumbo Visma team looks yellow. So there, um, Velo News wrote an article about um, is this you know is there rules against it and that there are and of course they say as uh, uh, just say aren't there rules to this sort of thing? Of course there are. But like most rules in cycling, its application is, well, uneven at best. You may be shocked to learn that there are conflicting rules on the books. And throughout history, there are multiple yellow team kits that have been created headaches for fans following the races. So they talk about some some rules that the um, uh, Mercantone Uno, they used to have yellow that the ASO made them wear pink at one point. Team Onse used to have yellow that the, just for the tour that they would wear pink. Uh, I'm not a fan. I don't know why you would design uh, like a jersey like the Colombian jersey and have it so much like the yellow jersey uh, when there's so many team yellow jerseys out there Jonathan Vodders what are you doing and, and has this been a confusion for you at all not so much yeah. um, uh, I'm not sure so so some countries have uh, for their cycling associations like mandated jersey designs for right. national champions so that might be the case for, for a couple um, you know it Eh, it's easy enough to follow and and the most time when it's going to come into play is going to be on a long climbing stage and it's you got enough time to kind of suss out who's who in, in those instances but i actually i think his jersey looks pretty sharp which uh, one haguita yeah no i i no, think haguita. It, um uh, roglic no haguita you're right sorry haguita no i don't i don't have I, I think they look fine it, but i think it is a bit of confusion and that they're it's this, first of all, there's so much talk because the, the Slovenian jersey and the Colombian jersey are much different than they've been in the years past. And so yeah. they're, they're too yellow on the shoulders, and it's somewhat confusing. Um, and I think we can get past it, but there's a lot of talk about it. That's why there's an article. Chris, we're just, we're just reporting the news here. Well, then I think we better call out Yumbo Visma for having an entire uh, – I guess they were planning ahead so that they could kind of – confuse the other riders as to who the team leader is <laughs> right it's all of us okay um we're gonna have stage 14 coming up here i thought i would just play real quick uh jonathan scrivens uh take on that it's pretty quick here i think and um see what you think 14 which kind of gets us out of the the massif central into lyon but again going from claire I've, I've done that drive from clermont ferrand to lyon and it's um it, it's you know there's a lot of these little hills that you don't really notice so much unless you're on a bike and you can see there's a couple of climbs right there in the middle but um lots of tricky little climbs in the beginning of that stage and then it descends right into Lyon and we're all familiar with Lyon it's a beautiful beautiful city okay so with that uh obviously we're that, that you can see the profile there tomorrow so today was heavy duty um Sunday is going to be heavy duty uh and then today you know tomorrow is kind of an in-between what do you think you're going to get out of tomorrow's stage uh with some climbing uh and after today's raucous affair as well i think tomorrow's probably another good day for a break win uh i imagine the gc guys are going to want to be 
saving their legs for Sunday. Um, so break goes, maybe Sagan gets in it trying to, to get a few points, but um, I think it'll be kind of a, maybe not Shockman type break, but somebody kind of in that Ruler category. Mark Hershey, you think he's going to give it another shot? Not enough descents. I think he needs those descents to, to get his wins. What do you think of his descents? Because he, he's been pretty impressive with that. And then I think um, announcers get too giddy about those kind of things. They see something like that and that he hasn't crashed. And then they, they just think he's the, the most amazing thing out there. I mean, he was pretty good. He was no Ilner Zacharin. I'll say that. That's true. Yeah, that's a tough, tough guy to compare to. But no, it looks solid. I mean, he was sliding literally around some of the corners. Uh, so he was definitely going all in. I think they had said he put 20 seconds on, on the chasers on that descent. So if you're going to do that in a handful of kilometers, you're definitely going all out and, and picking really good lines. Uh, but it looked good. Uh, he didn't crash. So that's a win. And then you've got, uh, so this is the rest day, and then you've got, uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the rest day. and No, this is Sunday. No, this is Sunday. This is Sunday yeah. to Grand Calibia. Cat 1, Cat 1, uh, and HC going over there. That's going to be pretty, uh, pretty solid as well. Once again, the GC battle, rest day coming up after that. And so I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of explosion, on, as we, we would expect with a, a hilltop finish. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think you're going to see the GC battle really get flushed out on, on that stage. Um, the other thing I think will be interesting to see is you got the rest stage the day after that is how many people um, make it to stage. I guess that would be 16, 15, yeah. whatever it ends up being. Um, you know, a lot of the climbers that are going to be decidedly out of it and, and might not be really that well primed to, to win a stage might call it a, a tour. Um, you've got the world championships, what, two, three days afterward. Yeah. Uh, so maybe <laughs> take a week to get your legs recovered, go recon the course and, and change focus. Um, I think having everything as condensed as it is, will will throw an interesting element as, as this tour wraps up. You're right. Cause then, uh, Tuesday's tough, but there's Wednesday. There's the two HC climbs up to Col de la Loz. Um, Mike Sayers gave me a video. Uh, he was in the team car following up that on a, like a U23 race last year. So I'll see yeah. what I cut that up and see. It's pretty twisty, climby, and it's it looks pretty nasty. So yeah, if you're if you're a sprinter, maybe you just want to get the f out of there and do that. Um, you have a ride of the week or rider of the week or the day? Uh, I'll go with Wout still. What, what he did today? Oh, you mean for the week? Yeah, you said week. I did. For the day, I'll go with um, I'll go with Pochakar. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he didn't he didn't take any time on um, Roglic, but the guy's riding like he wants to win. I mean, he's 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 attacking. He's aggressive. He's not really playing defense, and he he's kind of going out there to to take what he can take. And he ended up getting the the white jersey today, which is you know it's no yellow jersey, but it, it's nice to have. Uh, so I like his racing style where he's he's not defensive. He just doesn't sit and wait for, for yeah. one little tack. He just he goes and he goes and he goes. And, you know, we saw him beat Hershey in a sprint, what, three, four stages ago. Yeah. So he's got some kick, too. All these young riders, it's crazy. I mean, uh, think of if we had had Remco in here. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it's tough to, to keep track of everyone. I mean, Roglic looks like the old man on the block, and he's 30. And, by the way, you look at facial expressions on the climbs today. Um Pogacar, Pogacar was suffering a little bit. Bernal looked, you know, there's a point there where I thought he was weaving across the road. And then uh, Roglic, like you said, he was no <laughs> nose breathing, standing up, just he looked super, super smooth. So I don't, yeah. people were expecting kind of a, a fault in him. And they keep saying this because they only reference back 
to the tour, uh, the Giro of, oh, he really suffers in the third week. I think it's totally different. He came into the Vuelta and he did not suffer in that Vuelta in the third week. He looked super strong the whole time. This year has been different. I think everyone's riding at a different level because of maybe more rest. They were able to come into it, you know, fit, but um, there's just a little bit more rest. I don't think he had a race day and prior to the COVID shutdown, he hadn't raced yet. So he has only come right. into racing, um, you know, pretty hard um, since uh, the, the lockdown. Yeah, and he's he's probably still, yeah, he's he's racing, but he's also probably recovering from the crash that he had. Was it the Dauphiné? Yeah. Um, so he had he was carrying that into this race. So as, as those injuries heal, he might be feeling better. Right. Maybe it, maybe it forced but, yeah, him to rest a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm picking Martinez. I I just love that the fact that um, EF got back up on the top there. I was pretty impressed with Bora too. But um, I like to see you know EF is you look on the the teams and they they have American flag. There's still American pulling it and Jonathan Vodders. Uh, and it was really good to see Nilsson Palace being part of that today. I think pretty significant part because it forced Mark Soler as an example to really push forward and Alaphilippe trying to bring um, he and Shackman back. And then it allowed his teammates to sit on and they cruised through dumping Soler and uh, Alaphilippe. So I think it worked out to the best. That's my guy. That works. Okay. Cool. Uh, hey, uh, appreciate you uh, coming on. Let's keep doing this and enjoying the tour. Uh, you watching the Adriatico or Women's Giro Rosa or anything else or just the tour occupying your time? Tour for the most part. I, I've been trying to pay attention to Adriatico. It was, it was cool to see Woods uh, do as well as he's done. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe he's got a little extra fire with his non-tour selection, but uh, he's, he's riding really well. It's good to see him get a win. I don't mean to spoil it for you, but he uh, loses the lead today, and he um, he, didn't, he didn't quite do as good as Yates, but he's okay, I think. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Okay. Hey, Chris, appreciate you joining uh, everyone between two sure. podcast episode 196. Thank you. Once again, we stream this live on Facebook because we're banned on YouTube for a while. So everyone check us out on YouTube and we'll, I mean, Facebook and we'll, we'll do the other. So Chris, thank you very much. You have a good one. And yeah. uh, everybody else, I uh, appreciate you for joining us as well. Uh, between two wheels podcast doing what we can. Thanks. <laughs>